Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, this is Mel and welcome to another show. We've got a great show today and one of my favorite topics. We're going to be talking about values in relationships and how we can work with that and how we can ascertain our, our own values and how we can work with values in others. So we've got a lovely lady on today. We've got Alita Feely, who is an international wisdom consultant. She was uh, the Psychics Association award-winning Psychic of the Year in Australia, which is wonderful. For 2005, she's author of The Keys to Wisdom Card. She's an intuitive healer. And she's a Martini Method trained facilitator from The Secret. And she has helped thousands of people see their futures more vividly and clearly through face-to-face consultations she does a lot of public speaking, radio shows, workshops and she's also very prolific on internet social media and she's one of my lovely Facebook friends and Alita helps provide insights into the issues that can concern you and also into how you can manifest the life of your dreams. So yay to that, that's what we're all about on this show. And she does this with intuition and certain other tools. She's a fellow metaphysician like myself. And this is about what a leader works with is healing, transforming and empowering yourself. So a leader consults with a lot of people from all walks of life and she's worked with business owners, celebrities and entrepreneurs. So a leader, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Hi, Mel. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. Uh, you know, it's really interesting because I was actually, you're from Melbourne, is that right? Yes. Yeah, I was actually in Melbourne. I was living in Melbourne last, I, I moved away last October. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. How long, yeah. How long were you here for? <laughs> well, you know what? I was actually born in Canada and we moved to Australia in 1970. And then in 1983, I moved to West Australia for about 23 years, I think it was. Moved back to Melbourne for about two, three years. Came to, I came over to Canada in 2008, went back to Melbourne for another year, and now I'm back here in a full circle again. Oh, my goodness. So do Canadians think you've got an Aussie accent? Hello, you there? Hello, you there? Alita, can you hear me? Oh, it looks like we've lost Alita for a moment. Let me just try and pick her up again. I can hear you. Oh, you can hear me? Yes. I can I can hear you now. We dropped out for a second. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. So do um I was just saying, do Canadians think that you have an Australian accent? Some do and some don't. And yeah, cuz it's and you know when I go back to Australia, they say I sound Canadian. So, and there are some words because, um, like, I'm over here and I say some things, and they look at me, you know, like, what planet are you from? <laughs> you know, right. and it's, <laughs> and it's, you know, even I went in to get a coffee, and I said to them, "Can I have a flat white?" And you know, yes. that's you know, coffee, and and she looked at me and she goes, "What's that?" And I said, "Oh, a coffee with milk." And when you think about it, you know, what is a flat white? You know, yes. so now I'm now checking, you know, okay, what am I supposed to be saying here? You know, it's it's interesting, you know. But you Anything always have a laugh. And, you know, you the interesting have a thing, do you know, you don't even know you're in a different country. That That's the honest thing is because a lot of the stores are the same as well. 
you know, because sometimes I'll look around thinking, oh, I'm in Canada, you know, it doesn't feel any different, um, except we've got snow on the ground at the moment, and uh, it's, um, you know, I'm not actually feeling the cold that that much, which I'm very surprised, because I I was wondering how I would actually get through the the winter here, so it's been okay. Oh, that's incredible. Look, I think one of the funniest words is, um, you know, fanny, how, how Americans say you've got to sit on your fanny and, you know, and, and, and I've had this conversation with um, other hosts, sorry, other guests that have come on and it's, uh, it's just, there are, there's some words that are just different and they're uh, quite amusing. But, you know, I love working with you American guys. A lot of my clients are American and um yeah and also from canada and i i just i think you're great i really do look, i just love know, the vibe yes yeah it look it's it's all fun you know and and especially with the um the internet and like it really doesn't matter where you are in the world you know because you know you know the phone we've got the internet and it's we can connect just like that um, and, and it's it's just so wonderful, and it's actually you know it's funny because when I was in Australia, I wanted to use I was using my cell phone, and it was actually cheaper for me to actually phone Canada on my cell than to make a call in Australia. Goodness, yeah, Goodness. It's and, cr- and isn't Skype wonderful? Oh, I'm just I love such it. a big fan of Skype. I was actually going to call through Skype, but I've got a phone card, and I decided to to do this just in case it dropped out um, at all. Um, I, I just found that the co- you know the coverage on Skype when I was doing another radio show uh, wasn't as good. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I, definitely. I, I, yeah, be better yeah. for this. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, but, let's get into it. Let's get started. So beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So, Alita, can you elaborate a little bit more on what led you to your current path? Well, it's interesting that, um, as I mentioned, you know, I was born here and I've actually gone in a full circle, which is part of my creation too. Um, And so I moved to Australia when I was about 11 years old. Now, as far back as I can remember, I was always fascinated with the life questions as why am I here and what's life all about and so at that very young age I was seeking the answers and help then and it's interesting that when one looks back at a five-year-old our thoughts are basically the same but only the form of it changes so it's important to actually go back then to, to see what you did what you thought what, what you played with because it, it is who you are then is who you are now and I didn't know that at that well I didn't know that at that stage or even while I was growing up but um, so when I was a child I used to thrive on my grand she used to tell me ghost stories and she would read my fortune through tea leaves and I would say oh granny let's have another cup of tea another cup of tea you know it was like the the highlight you know um, for me and um I remember every summer we used to go to this cottage at the beach in in Canada and there was gypsies at the side of the road. And um, my mum used to say, like, don't go near them. Well, you know, did I listen? No. (laughs) I used to sneak off. And, I, you know, if you look at a caravan, you know how small they are, like even they're small nowadays. So you can imagine when I was eight years old how small they would have been. And I remember going into... um, into a caravan and there was a crystal ball on the table and they read my fortune and I was just like this is you know fantastic and I would sneak off to them all the time and that was also too is because at that stage um, well my father was an alcoholic in those days you see and I felt that I wasn't receiving any love from the family but I was receiving love on the outside so those gypsies actually welcomed me in, and that's why I was running off to them every time that we went to the beach. Every day I'd be, you know, let's, I'm yeah. going to go down to the gypsies, you know. Um, so also in my childhood, I remember, you know, my highlights were watching, you know, the the old shows like I Dream of Jeannie, Bewitched, Lost in Space, and la- later anything that was anything of paranormal uh, yeah. really excited me. So, so how see, when old I was, were you yeah? when you realized that you had that you had a gift? 
Um, you know, it's it's interesting because I I knew I was different because I was always trying to fit in with people. Um, but I didn't realize until I think I was in my 20s that um, I said to my ex-husband, we went over to some people's place for dinner, and I said, "Gee, you can cut an air with a uh, you know air with the knife." You know, I said they're fighting. He says they weren't fighting, and I said, "No, they weren't fighting in front of us, but they're really having you know marriage problems." And he looked at me and he says, "What are you talking about? They were happy." And I said, "No, they they're having problems." He says, "How can you say that?" And I thought, "Can't he see that?" Mm-hmm. And then that's when I started I started to realize. I'm seeing something different that other people are not seeing. So I started being more aware to it. And that's why also, you know, the sensitivity that I had was also picking up. I could walk into a room and I could look around and I could say, oh, this one's, that's going on and this is going on. And, um, yeah, I was able to determine what was going on between people. Uh, where others couldn't uh, couldn't see, so ah. that's where yeah. So it didn't start till I was about that um, about that age in my twenties. Was but most of my life, I would actually say that uh, I lived a lot in my own imagination. And the reason I did that is because I you know I used to get beat up as a child, and I had to escape um, my physical reality. And so what I would do is go into my own mind. And I would like pretend that I was flying up to the moon and uh, going through the stars, going to different galaxies. Um, so it's you know when I look back, I was like I'm doing the same thing basically now. You know with the psychic intuitive work is you know basically getting that mind to access different things. It was the same thing as what I did as a five year old. You know so it's really interesting that uh, you know I can look back and say you know only the form of it. Um, actually changes. Well, it's so wonderful, Alita, coming from all of that, that like, you know, like a lot of people, that you've transcended and you've become who you have and you're out there doing purpose with people. That That's fantastic and it's very inspirational for a lot of people. Yeah, look, you know, there's, there was many times in my life, I must say, that uh, I've, I hit rock bottom, you know, and, uh, but, you know, look, I mean, I'm also an Aries as well. And because I was searching for those questions, the life questions at a five years old, I I thought I can't give this up. You know, I've got to pursue it. I've got to find what there's something out there. And the reason also too is, when I was 17, I was I went to bed and I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was sitting up in bed. The sweat was pouring off me, and I was screaming. And I had a dream that a relative died in Ireland. And my mother came in and she said, pat me, you know, later, you know, it's only, you only had a bad dream. And uh, it was interesting, the next morning, you know, your siblings, my brother says, Alita had a bad dream, you know, going around the house. And of course, it was getting me really annoyed. And next thing, my mother gets a call to say that uh, her cousin died in Ireland. And it was the exact time when we worked at the time as my dream. Of course, my brother never said a word to me about that again. But at that time, I thought, you know what? There's something out there, right? And that's, that was the beginning of my search into the mysteries of life and beyond. And uh, so that actually brought me back further again to seek those life questions. Because in the time as a five-year-old and I was doing those things, I, you, I wasn't aware that I was seeking that. And then I went off track a bit. So when I was 17, I got back into it thinking, okay, now I've got to start finding out what are the answers here, right? And um, so from 17 up until 21 was my first um, reading with a clairvoyant. And she mentored me for about 20 years. And um, I mean, during that time, I also, I got very obsessive about going to different clairvoyant psychics and you know there I had some good times and I had some bad experiences with that as well yes, so one yes. needs to be very careful also um on who they're actually going to uh like never totally go to agree. one 
Yeah, never go to one that says. See, I had I had a case that one one woman told me I had a hex put on me, and um, and she wanted five hundred dollars. Like I was yeah. beside myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I was twenty three then, and of course I went back to Yvette, the one I went to when I was twenty one, and she says, "Sweetie, there's no hex put on you," you know. Um, so there was, you know. You you yeah you just have to be careful on who you you actually go to, but um, and, and in those years too, uh, there wasn't a lot of um, books on metaphysical matters, yeah. um, so I would read as much as I could, and because I wanted to fit in to people, I didn't want them to see you know that I was you know so different. I mean, I used to go to nightclubs and I used to really hate it, you know. All I could dream is oh I got to get back to that book. Um, yeah. yeah, because you remember in those days, I, you're probably a lot younger than me, but uh, oh, I mean, because I'm, I'm, I'm been anyway. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So I did. Uh, I did look. I read as much as I could, and I started to um, go to personal development um, classes, which I started yes. off with Landmark. I did uh, meditation. I went into healing groups. I went into intuitive classes. I was just picking up. I was just gobbling up as much as I could. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, so that was uh, really interesting. But it was really interesting, too, that even with all the work I was doing um, through my divorce, I got really, really sick. And um, I, even, I remember I went outside one night, and I looked at the sky, and I said, I've learned enough. Go pick on someone else, you know. And uh, I just had to, uh, and I had this, it was like from the right side of my ear, and it was such a powerful voice that said, you have to heal your mind to heal your body. And I remember standing in the kitchen and thinking, how am I going to do that? And, and I knew it was a divine message. And so at that time, my mother said to me, do you want to come downtown? And I, look, I was so sick, I couldn't even leave the house. And because yeah, I was living in West Australia then, and we were—it's only—it was only 15-minute drive downtown. And I said, "Yeah, okay, I'll come." And you know, we were walking through the uh, walkway. I was going into Myers, and if anyone on the call doesn't know what Myers is, it's a big department store. Of course, you would know which um, which one that is. Yes. And you know how people give out pamphlets. Yes. So I took this pamphlet, and it was on Scientology. And I looked at it and I thought, because, you know, John Travolta has always been my favorite. And I thought, you know what, if this is good enough for John Travolta, I want to go and see what this information evening's all about. So um, I I asked my daughter, you know, will you come with me? And and she did. And I went to each stall. And there was nothing that inspired me until I got to the very last, last stall. And it was on Dianetics. And that is about healing the mind. Yes, you know. So and I thought, well, yeah, and I thought, wow, mm. I'm in. Mm. So I signed up on that, and my daughter actually came to. Um, she did some of the the courses there. Um, so at that time, I, what I was doing is I was still seeking readings from psychics as well, and it was really funny because because I was West Australia, I then I kept making all the psychics wrong because each one kept saying. Lady, you're going to do psychic work. And I'm going like, I don't think so, <laughs> you know. Um, and when I went back to Melbourne, the psychic that I had been working with since I was 21 said, oh, Alita, you're going to do psychic work. You're switched on, plugged in. You should do this. And she pointed to the tarot cards. And I thought, okay, how many times does the universe have to give you the message you know, if you get a message three times, the same message, like, pay attention. The universe is really trying to tell you something. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I got that message more than three times. I was just like a little bit of a slow learner, you see. So um, when I went back to West Australia, I thought, no, I'm I'm going to start. But because I was still resonating also with thoughts that I wasn't good enough, yeah. I, um, I, I, I thought, you know, I can't do this. I don't understand that. And I did a course, and um, I had to do a reading on somebody, this lady I didn't know, and I was really stuck on this card. 
And I called the teacher over and I said, look, I'm really stuck on this. And she said, Alita, don't go past the obvious. And I looked at the lady and I said, oh, I said, somebody hung them. I said, I feel heartbroken. Somebody hung themselves. And she looked at me and she says, yes, my husband hung himself three months ago. And you know what? Part of me felt so happy. I know this sounds really bad, but part of me felt so sad for the lady. But I was actually thinking, you know what? I can be good at this. Yeah. Maybe if I, I've actually found what I'm supposed to be doing, you know. And um, then I started really getting into tarot cards, oracles. I started doing reading parties. I went to school events. I did fates. Um, I was working for also a company that uh, was Essentials Mind, Body, and Soul. I was doing, um, you know, host readings. And uh, I actually, by doing groups, I actually started seeing how energy worked. And it really was phenomenal. It was the greatest experience because every party has a theme. And um, every party I had done, I you know, there was actually, you know, uh, like sex parties, you know, like women that were were like loving sex and boyfriend parties, women that were having problems. I, I There was one party I call a death um, party, you know, because there was so much going on with people dying. And it just was phenomenal that I could say, yeah, I can see how energy is working here. So it was really quite phenomenal. But at, so what I actually did was, because it's not a Scientology thing to use the tarot, I actually left there because I had to follow my heart, because I just really was so inspired with the cards. And I had no idea what I was going to do with it at that stage. Um, but all I knew is I loved doing it. And at that also time, um, I gave up Scientology, stayed with the cards, and I found my way to Dr. John Demartini from The Secret. And I worked yeah, intensively... He's great, Sorry? you know. Look, I've oh. seen him a few times, but uh, how on earth does that man speak so fast? <laughs> he is. He's incredible, isn't he? You know, he's phenomenal. He's, he can deliver three hours worth in an hour. Yeah, he, he would talk. He's fast, you know, and he's it's fast. Uh, he is a wonderful person, and. Mm. Uh, yeah, I worked really. In fact, I worked so I worked hard. And he actually, when I actually got certified, he said to me, "You know what?" He says, "You're just as neurotic as me," because I worked intensively, right? Yes, because yes. you know, if you want to do the work, you've got to be committed to it. You know, That's and there's a lot of people that actually go to John's workshops, and but they don't do the work. They just go yes, and sit yes, in the class. That's and look, I say that with my clients too and my students all the time. You know, the ones that get the results are committed. And, yes. you know, you've got to follow your passion. You've got to follow your truth. And when you do, everything just unfolds for you. Absolutely. Yeah, because you're also mm. in an alignment, you know, and that's, that's really right. phenomenal. Yeah. If you're that's out of an alignment, the universe isn't going to work for you. That's exactly you know. right. And we've all, you know, we can always so much time and energy on what isn't in alignment and then when yep. we just pull that focus back into ourselves and start following your truth with passion it's great because all of a sudden you're no longer participating with all the stuff that isn't you that's right you know you're, you're living your and that brings it into values you're living your own values you're living your own dream right otherwise yep. you're living according to somebody else's you know, and so that, and eventually it won't resonate. Exactly. So let's talk about values. So, all right, what do you think a relationship is in general? Um, well, the first um, first one, the most basic needs of all human beings um, is to feel connected to others. Uh, we we need that connection. Um, you see, in our earliest relationships, when they're formed, are and it's usually with our family. But then it later extends to include other people. You know, you start going to school, you start having relationships of your own. But each yes. relationship has its own unique d dynamic. And that de depends on, on the nature of it. And it, and it yes. helps us uh, learning different aspects of ourselves by each human being because what we get from one person will get something different from somebody else because they're all, we're all different. So in, in relationships, 
um, in some way or form, um, we we have that connection with everyone. Whether you know, like whether it be with your family, with colleagues, or even total strangers, there is a relationship. It can even be with a bus driver. It can be with a shop assistant. Um, no matter if you're just talking to somebody or you're going into a, a store to buy something, you have a relationship. You have a, a buying and selling going on. There is an exchange, you know. Um, yeah, very, so, very much so. Yeah, so even though relationships are the building blocks of our, our societies, we're not taught about this, you know, and it's astounding that we all seem to, we all seem to think we know how relationships work, and yet most of us go through life with heartache and caused by our relationships. You know, like if I look at, you know, even like my divorce, I mean, that was like oh, over 10 years ago now. If I knew what I knew back then, well now, uh, things would be different because I didn't understand values, yes. you know? Yes. Uh, yeah, and granted, look, I mean, I've got, I was blessed with two wonderful children uh, and a phenomenal learning experience, you know, yes. th- through that. And I needed to go through that. So I'm talking about children. Um, children are born, and the whole dynamic between a married couple changes. So, I mean, ever notice that when children fight, the parents stop their own arguments and unite in order to reprimand or calm the children down. So a child actually adds its own dynamic to the family unit by using or abusing the situations presented to them. So children know where the weaknesses are in their parents. They know how to push the buttons. Um, my daughter was, if anyone's going to push my buttons, my daughter could do it. Um, and they try to manipulate situations. So they'll either go to one parent or they'll go to the other parent to ask a favor. You know, and they'll know which one. So, you know, and it's interesting that we all have different traits. So, you know, everyone brings different things to the table in in a family dynamic. And and parents um, can actually play different roles. So if one parent plays the hard and judgmental or this, and one plays the soft and more passive role, usually one one of the person expresses and the other person will repress. And these two roles seem to be the opposite, though in fact they are complete. They complete each other. So the misperception is, however, that um, we receive more love from one parent. I mean, I grew up thinking that. Um, my mother loves me, my father doesn't. But my mother was the one that was passive, and my father wasn't, you know? So if my mother was less, my father would have come down. This is how the, you know, this is how the dynamics work in families. It's really quite interesting. So, and, and some people say, well, you know, I haven't got a family, or um, I can't associate with my own immediate family. So no matter what form it appears to have, we all attract to ourselves people that play roles as our family members. They just may be, they just may appear in another person, another time or space. Um, they can play the role of your mother, father, brother, sister, aunt, uncle. So, say if you haven't, you know, your, your father's not around, then who in your life is playing the father figure? And just say even if you're a teacher and you haven't got children, well, those ch- kids at school, you might be acting as the mother. So there's always people playing that extended role. So we, we all have roles. Too. We Sorry? can really fall. We can really fall into those patterns too if we, if we really haven't integrated or worked through it. You know, this yeah. is what I see time and time again in my work: is that we can attract that parent um, or that dynamic that we had that we we haven't yet resolved or we haven't yet worked through. And I guess you know a lot of that can come back to uh, you know values. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about you know, the values in life and if you can just explain further on on what values we can have in life and how that can work. Well, there's certain, you know, it's understanding values and communicating um, within value systems, right? So if you really look at values, your top three values in, a, in your relationships, in your own life, will manifest, Right. So that can act, in, and they play out in different roles. And just say, some people, you know, like financial, 
financial is a is a really big aspect, and people are always seeking to have more. Why would the universe give you more if you can't deal with what you've got? If it's not in your top value, right, then it won't manifest. Yes, you know, so, not. yeah. So just say, if I mean, you've got to look at, okay, well, and write down, what is my top value? You know, whether it can be your family, it might be your work, it might be your lover, um, it can be anything. So if financial is down at the bottom, how you actually get financial up further is by linking it up to, say, you take your top value. So Mel, what would your top value in your life be? Mine would be, well, well, mine is definitely my passion and my mission, connecting to others in loving ways. And okay. really, uh, yeah, and be, being authentic, being and receiving, giving and receiving authentic love. is, And that didn't used to be a value to me. That was something that I had to really define and work on and bring in as a value into my life. Values, actually values do change. Um, how a they value do. actually... I would agree. Yeah, be, okay, so what actually happens... So if your values are that and you look at um, you want to create more money in your life, but financial is like lower, what you actually do is if you had money, how would that help your top value? And write down, say, 100 benefits, you know, because just say if I gave you... Say, oh, gee, Mel, I can give you a million dollars now, but I'm only going to give it to you, but what are you going to do with it? You know, and yes. you start linking up your values. It actually brings, and then you start seeing the more importance of it because what actually happens is if you look at a void in life, and that a void comes from a perception of not having something, something missing in your life. So yes. a void, so a value is actually there to fulfill that void. Yes. So then yes, values right. Yeah, so values lead to voids lead to values, values are your destiny. That and once one value once one void is fulfilled by a value, then you'll seek another. Because there's always something that you perceive missing from your life, you know? Yes, and, yes. and that's what that's what human beings do. We just keep striving for more. So it, you know, they and like, just say if you've got children, you your for, your value might be within your children, but they grow up, they start leaving their nest, they go out of the house household. So therefore, then your value may not be your children anymore, and then your value is going to be something else. So they're going to continually change all the time, you know. Ah, so, so what about yeah. values in relationships? How can we look, you know, because I work a lot with, with women that are really struggling to get, uh, and, th- and this was my previous self too, really, really struggling to get healthy, safe, solid relationships. So how can we look at values in relationships and how can they work? Okay, well, for, first I just want to say that there there is three types of relationships okay and this in it, it it does cover in values there's a careful relationship and that's known to be walking on eggshells yes. and this is when you put a lot of attention on to experienced a lot of that absolutely yeah and there's a lot of women out there that are actually walking on eggshells and what actually happens is they're putting their attention onto the other person's values and not their own Yes. Right. So in other words, they're living by the other person's values. This is what's called a self-righteous persona, where you'll minimize yourself and exaggerate the importance of the other person. Like, oh well, look, I will do that for them, you know, because they need it. You know, you've really got to look after yourself. So that one's a careful relationship. The next one is a careless relationship, and that's to, known to be walking all over somebody. And that's when you push your values onto them and you try to get them to do the same things you do. So that's called a self-righteous persona where you'll exaggerate the importance of your own values and minimize the other person's because, you know, I'm more important. This should be done first, 
you know, not even caring. And that's why it's called a careless relationship. Yes, so yes. a caring relationship is known to be walking hand in hand. And that's when you respect each other both with your values and your partner's values. And that's known as the master of the art of communication. So it also brings into communication because if you're not communicating properly, I mean, I always tell people, sit, I mean, look, it's so busy now. Sit down with your partner once a week. Go out for dinner or whatever. Spend that time and work on your values for that month because just say the man's value is to go to football for the month. That way, the wife already knows or the the woman knows, oh, well, we can't do anything on a Saturday, right? So there's not a problem. She's already quite aware. And, like, let him do his own thing. She should do her own thing. But in a lot of relationships, you know, that um, there's people think that you actually have to do what the other person's doing. Just say, um, and, and, you know, it's like that mother-in-law syndrome, you know, we have to go see my mom. Well, say if the the man doesn't want to, she, you shouldn't force them, you know? Because and it's not about compromising. It's about the person willing to do because they want to do it, you know? So a lot of relationships are compromised, which is, is still does not resonate, you know? Yes. Um, and then it gets all enmeshed and codependent, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If you and, and and that's what I see so much that can break down is when there's these high expectations and when people aren't allowed to be themselves. It's so important to have your own identity and have your own pastimes and to both be mature enough and have enough yeah. emotional intelligence to really allow that without the fear or the jealousy or the yeah. We're all unique. We're all unique beings, and we all are here to do our own thing. And, you know, it's it's interesting, too, that if you don't want to do something, and it's that big question, what I find a lot of people have a big problem of saying no, you know? So know that you can actually say no to somebody because you're honoring your values. So, Mel, if you said, ask me to do something, and I would say, well, look, no, Mel, I can't do that because I, w- I know I would feel out of alignment, right? Yes. And this is ha- what creates diseases, you know, because yes. things are not working and the mind, body, and soul is not working right, you know. So um, it, it's really important to say, no, I honor myself. And if I say no to you, I, you may be disappointed, but I'm actually empowering you because you're either going to do your own favor yourself or it'll give you some incentive to go and ask somebody else, you know, because there's always the two sides. There's always the negative and the positive of Mm. each situation. Mm. And, um, yeah, and there's what's interesting is that, you know, there's forces and domains that, that we work with in life, and there's space, time, energy, and matter. And that's what's called the stem tree of life. And arguments within the household or just partners happens when one or both partners need more or less time, energy, or matter. So it's about addition and subtraction of one of the one of the four el- those main elements. So you know it, it's interesting. So arguments in the household, you know, if you perceive yourself to be out of balance then you need to correct it. it. Don't put the blame onto somebody else. You know, it, it, you'd be actually quite amazed that if an argument starts in the household, all you have to say to the person, am I giving you too much, you know, time? Like, he might need a little bit of space, you know? Yes. He might need yes. some time away, you know? And yes. you'd be amazed that when you're actually speaking from your heart, and saying, you know, look, is this what you need? You'd be surprised that the person would say, yes, actually, that's what I do need, you know? But, you know, basically people don't know how to communicate, and that's, you know, that's really important. Like, you watch the Jerry Springer show. 
how on earth can they actually be listening to each other? Because they're talking over each other. There's no, there's no communicating because they're too busy already in their mind thinking what they're going to say. They even haven't heard the other person. Yeah, and this yeah. happens basically mostly in households. Right, and even when you go out, you can see when somebody's not listening to you because they will butt in, and and they've already answered. You sometimes you haven't even finished what you've said, and they've already you know answered you something you know what they want to say. So you, this is really important: is the art of communi- communication, and it you know with communication, it involves values, because we start talking about what we like according to our values. We will always try to change a subject around according to our values. So it's not a matter of, it's about communicating also in the other person's values, you know. So it's not living according to someone else's values. It's according to it. So understanding what is important to the person. And you may not think it's important not an important thing. Well, that person thinks it's important. So let it be, you know, because often people say, you shouldn't do this, you need to do that, you know, and nobody should or needs to do anything, you know. They're not allowing the other person to be who they are. So we actually, what we do is, and we do this a lot, you know, if we have children or we do this to to other people, you know, because it's not that the person's going against you. It's because they truly believe their way is better than what you think, you know. So you mm-hmm. always have to watch those those words, you should and you need to, you know, yeah. um, and, and correct yourself on that because that's, that's a really interesting. So values can be anything that is important to each person, you know, and learning to communicate according to that, you know, and then you start finding, you know, gee, life is working a lot better, you know, got good communication going, you're understanding the person, and and it does start to, you know, fall into place. So Definitely it's easier, isn't it? And, I've, and oh. I love that about, it, it really is so important to realize you can't change somebody, you've got no right, you've got no power to. But no. you really, you've got to define... Yourself, and I think you know, being the painful love healer that I am, it's really important for women to realize what are workable values and what aren't workable values. So, you know, for example, if you get a guy that you know he's not into fidelity, you know, he's a guy that is promiscuous, you've got somebody who is abusive or or an addict, or you know, those things aren't workable, then they're definitely not values that you can go, okay, well, you know, I can allow you to be you and I can be healthy and safe. They're definitely not. No, but things no. Like, things like, you know, he might be into watching sport and you don't like that. Or, you know, he may, he may have some pastimes and some things that you really don't get, you're not interested in, but you can allow those. You can, you know, let him be that person and don't try and change him. Because you can't yeah. change him. And if you force him to change, he's only going to get resentful. He's only going to pull away. Because you're diminishing him, he's going to have to pull back to get more of him rather than be near you. It's just not going to work. No, it's not. And that's the, you know, the thing with the addiction and subtraction, and it's attraction and repulsion. Because the more you actually push someone, the more they're actually, you're actually pushing them away. You start Absolutely. backing off they'll start coming um, forward to you. And so, you know, also with the value system, it's actually understanding, too, that uh, we have over um, 4,600 human traits within us. So we are all the wow, same. Wow, that's a It is, you know. <laughs> I wonder who can- who the crazy person that counted them. Yeah, you maybe know? it was John. <laughs> but you know what? I actually, I'm going to tell you, I started doing it. I went through the dictionary. I think, I think I ended up with a few thousand, and I gave up. I thought, forget that, you know. But uh, it was just interesting to actually check. So we've all got these things within us, right? So if you look at, I always look at it. If you draw a circle, right, 
And we're all connected to the one source in that circle. We all have these traits. So, but we just display them in a different way according to our values. Yes. You know? So, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and it's a matter of understanding and knowing. Yeah, because, you know, um, just say somebody would call me, say, ignorant. I would actually have to say, yeah, I am, right? And that way I don't give any power to the other person, right? Because I'm actually honoring, yes, I can be ignorant at times. But if I have emotional charge over that, then I know I have to deal with that. You know? That's right. And if you set up defense and you set up you know, justifications and defenses on that, well, then it's only going to get attacked more. Yeah. And and that's really important to, for people to realize that when you're actually, um, when somebody actually accuses you of something, right, to actually look back, to actually say, yes, I am. Don't, if you have, if you don't have that emotional charge, they, they, it can't do anything to you, right? Correct. They will actually back off, you know, yes. but they're get, if you've got a charge, it's, you know, you've really got to deal with it because really everything is a reflection of our own thoughts the people we attract into our lives. And we this, we like things, when people say nice things to us, we buy into it, you know. But if they say they go against it because they're going against our values, then we push them away saying they're wrong, right. But And yet, we actually created that person in order for us to learn something from, you know. And once we've learned it, then we can disengage from that. You know, so Look, it's in, it, definitely, I remember in my high-level narcissistic relationship because, you know, look, he was very jealous. He was, it was an incredible experience of walking on broken glass. And yeah. really, you know, he'd say to me, um, well, he was, in, in my mind at the time when I was a victim, he was the most incredible control freak you could imagine. And he would accuse me of being controlling. And I used to fight and justify against that. And then I really owned, in reflection later on in my healing, how controlling was I trying to fix and change a man into being yeah. somebody that would be safe for me. Well, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting how we all do that, you know. Yes. Uh, we, all, yeah, we all attract that uh, in some way. But we, if you can honor that we are controlling in some way, but we may not be controlling. For instance, if I actually say, gee, that person over there is greedy, right? I see it. The seer and the seen is the same. So if I see it, I have to acknowledge it, and then, okay, maybe that person's greedy with with money, say. But I might be, then I'd have to look, okay, well, where am I doing it to exactly the same degree? Otherwise, I wouldn't have seen it. But I might be doing that with my time, Yes. With my knowledge, I would be doing yes. it being greedy somewhere else. And then I would have to say, thank you, universe, for showing me what's going on. Absolutely. You know? And then doesn't that yeah. get us into this beautiful place of acceptance where we can drop judgment? Because the interesting thing is whenever we're judging something, we're hooked up fighting with it, wrestling with it. And yeah. when we can just come into acceptance as a wise observer, then we yeah. can just choose who we are in relation to it yeah and it's so much easier and smoother you know we're all going to look because we have all these traits within us we're all going to be judgmental beings to a certain degree right so the mind does judge it has to judge whether it's negative positive right or wrong or whatever right because it can't see the two sides simultaneously Yes. It can for a flash. And when you see that, that both sides, the negative and the positive, at the exact yes. moment of time, that is when it births the love, the light to love, yes. right? Yes. Because there is, there is really, there's, everything in the universe is an illusion. The, the, right. only truth is, it, the only truth is love, right? Everything is in divine order in somehow. So, but we have to judge it to be a certain way, you know. So, if you can actually let go of the judgments, even though we will judge it, you know, just acknowledge it. So, if I yes. if I see a positive, I'll look at it and say, okay, well, where's the negative? Because I need to yes. see both sides. 
Yes. You know, so that we're yes. actually always acknowledging something that's going on, you know. And when you start breaking through all these beliefs that you have, because we have to label things, and you start breaking through them. And when you actually break through a belief, it's not about forgiving, accepting, being exhilarated about it. It's about loving it, you know, being grateful, you know, yes. because when we're grateful, I mean, we're grateful for when nice things happen to us. But when something not nice, then we look at it and say, well, I didn't create that in my life, you know, I didn't ask for that, you know, but you did, you know, in some way you asked for it. Like I even question myself sometimes and I look, how did I create that scenario into my life? But I know I'm the master creator. I know I've created it, so I have to acknowledge it and say, okay, I'm grateful for that experience and and learn from that and don't make the experience wrong. Work on it. Because it's something that's going on inside that needs to be expressed within ourselves that we need to actually deal with, you know. Look, and I love that. I love, you know, I really, really trained myself to do that. And I love, you know, when something turns up, one of the first mantras I do is I say, look, I bless this. And rather than being in resistance, it just opens up to this beautiful, like that bigger part of ourselves, that infinite wisdom that really gets it. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, the thing is, we've got all the wisdom. There's nothing that we don't know. It's about yes, accessing the wisdom ourselves, you know, and it's a matter of, you know, getting in touch with that, you know, because it's the mind. The mind takes us on one journey. The soul's taking us another on another journey, you know. So yes, it's a matter of fine. getting that, yeah, getting that both in alignment and and just and, and the more we're not in alignment, the more it hurts. That's where the yeah. pain is. When we're the asleep. heartache, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know. And we all go, we all go through it, you know, um, because we, you know, some some people have more lessons than others, um, and I wouldn't, you know, it's just a learning a learning experience that if you look at it, just a learning experience that we have. Um, and look, it's wonderful if you can actually break it down, but sometimes when you're emotionally charged, it's very hard to get into that moment to, you know, to calm down and see it as a reflection, to see, you know, what do I need to love about myself because I've created that in some way, you know. And that's even, just say even if it's abusive relationship, right, and um, someone's getting beat up. And I would say to to the woman, well, you know, where are you beating yourself up? Because Absolutely. internally, they may be actually saying, I'm not good enough, I'm bad. That is a form of be- be- beating yourself up. So therefore, on a reflection, they're attracting someone else that's physically yes. beating them up, right? Definitely. And, yeah, so it's a matter of looking, okay, once that person starts to love themselves, starts to honor their own being, right, it changes the person on the outside. It changes that whole dynamic. And either yes. the dynamic does either change or it might even go away. You know, the one yes. person may leave. Yes. And that, that's fine yes. too, you know, because relationships, I always say, they're as long as a piece of string. You know, that's, you're there to... Yet, I mean, you don't know. You're there for as long as the universe wants you there, as long as what you need to learn from that person, and then it's time to to go, you know? And all of that's perfect too. Yeah, it's always perfect. Everything's always in divine order. It's just sometimes that we think it's not perfect, you know? Um, And it's it's a wonderful thing to to grow and, and learn about yourself. But you've really got to want to to do that, to take that time, to work hard on yourself. And, you know, I find so many people, you know, don't have five minutes for themselves. And I say, well, where are you fitting into the picture of your own life? You know, because they run around looking after other people and not after themselves. You cannot look after anyone else if you can't look after yourself because it will be a reflection. 
you know. That's right. And you also can't attract people that are going to be supportive and loving to you. No, you, you can't. Support and love you. And then if they did turn up, you wouldn't know how to accept it. You'd sabotage it. Yeah. Oh, I used to be a great sabotager. And this is what we do. This is what people do to themselves. They sabotage. They beat themselves up. I'm no good. I can't do this. They take the blame, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and they're just playing, a, it's just a persona, but, you know, yeah. that's all it is because the essence of us is all love. It's only our personas that are actually yeah. different. It's not who we are, you know, who we are is love. It's our personas playing this role, you know, yeah. and the mind saying, you know, it's got to be this way, it's got to be, there's no right or wrong. It yeah. just is. All right, you so know? in our last remaining minutes if you can just so how would you advise to create the love of your life oh okay so that's look you know that's a creation of um to take action the universe is just waiting for anybody to actually make that move you can't sit in your living room and say this is what i what i want Um, i agree and i call that why wait when you can date that's what i say yeah, I mean, you've got to try different things. Um, the the manifestation process is really the manifestation process that you would actually use for anything. You've yes. actually got to, um, the magic tr- key to anything is to believe you already have it, right? Yes. So if yes. you actually believe you've got the love in your life, right? Yes. Actually, there was one one person actually phoned me up on Valentine's Day to wish me happy Valentine's. And I said, oh, you know what, um, what are you doing today? And he says, oh, well, my girlfriend's overseas, so I'm spending the day with the person I love. I'm spending it with myself. I thought that was so Gorgeous. beautiful. Isn't it? You know, I thought yeah, that was a, lovely. Yeah, a- absolutely. So that is a, a key is you've got to believe you already have it. You know, and, you know, let that thought dominate your mind, you know, because, yeah, you need the, the, it's a a thought process. It needs to be transformed. Firstly, there is no loss or gains in the universe. Everything transforms. So as you perceive you've lost something, where is it showing up? So you already have love in your life. It is it, at the moment. It is hiding in an unrecognized form, right? So it could be somebody else is giving you that love. It could be an animal. You know, it's just you just need to do is transform it in order for it to appear in your reality. So the steps would be firstly is to have that thought, um, and next time, next one is to visualize. The more details you see and combine your thoughts with the visualizing techniques, see yourself playing the role. Let your imagination flow with the visualizing details. Um, Focus on the finer details. Are we still on now? Gorgeous. We're still just on, but we're winding up. So, yeah, I think that's great. It's great. And you've got to vibrationally become something. And I think what's gorgeous is when you feel that love... You know, you just feel so full and so happy right here, right now. Do you know there's a good no thing feeling that, of loss? Yeah, and, and if anybody, what I used to do is write manifestations on a business card and put it into my pocket. So that way, you know how many times your, your hands are in your pocket? Pull the card out, you're saying it, you're feeling and you've got to feel it. That is the main thing that's where the key's going to be picked up from the universe. Feel yes. it, read the words, feel it. Yes. Agreed. And it will totally. be yours. Yeah. Yay. Well, thank you, Alita, for coming on. It's I've been lovely. so much fun. Thank yeah, you so thank much you for having me. So much. Uh, All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So thank you, everybody, for joining in. And we've got some great guests coming up. And remember, work on your values, your communication, and feel it because you already are what you want. You've just got to unfold it out. Alrighty, so everybody have a wonderful day and I will see you next week. Okay, bye-bye.